Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. And you've got Mel Welcomes, the one and only Elaine Kylie Kearns. Thank you, Mel. Thank you so much. All the way from New York. So happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to have you on the show. And no, you you are an incredible force in the whole world of, uh, of children's writing. And I am terrifically honored that you're here with us. So uh, you have several books that are in the oven. Yes, several in the oven. One published. Um, So that's always a good thing. Uh, My published book. Can you show us? Yes, of course. Sure. This is my published book, Noah Noahsaurus. Noah Noahsaurus. Yes. Your famous dinosaur book. Yes, it's a dinosaur book. So Noah likes to say no, which is pretty much what you'd expect from a dinosaur, a noahsaurus. Um, and then I am also. Why does he say no? What's, what's the problem? <laughs> we all like to say no, right? One second, Elaine. Before you go to the, uh, now hold on. I, I want you to show a couple of double spreads from the book. Okay. And tell us uh, who published it and. Uh, okay, so no one knows was published by Albert Whitman. And um, it was illustrated by Colin Jack, a wonderful illustrator who uh, also works for DreamWorks. That was a dream for me to get him as an illustrator. I was so pleased when they told me that's who they chose. I think he did a wonderful, wonderful job with my cranky dinosaur. Um, should I just do like maybe the first two spreads? Yeah, the show is about you, Elaine. You can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> you, you promised right. me also, you promised me some ballet. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is Noah. Noah Noahsaurus woke up feeling very no. No, we don't always like to wake up, right? He woke up grumpy. And he starts to say no to his woolly mammoth slippers, no to the taste of Smilodon toothpaste, and no to the smell of scrambled dodo eggs. So he just didn't want anything. So how about some Jurassic toast? No. And then he begins his journey of saying just no to everything that comes along Everyone who tries to cheer him up, he is just not interested. And so, so that of when course, he finds, Elaine, when he finds out that he's going to become extinct, that's when he starts becoming nice. Correct. That's when he definitely becomes nice. Well, in his world, he doesn't realize he's going to become extinct. That might Nobody be a little ever traumatizing. Does, you know? <laughs> so he goes through his day. I won't read the whole thing. But he's cranky and he meets a bunch of friends and some are 
are all, everyone wants to join him. Some are funny, uh, some are just annoying. And then through a series of events, he ends up getting into a better, better mood. And the best way to get out of a grumpy mood is with friends. And or, so to eat a, or to eat a pterodactyl for lunch. Or to, <laughs> sure, that could be a good way too. <laughs> so um, not for the yeah. pterodactyl though. No. <laughs> so uh, so uh, Albert Whitman is a, is a wonderful publisher. <laughs> and uh, did, you have an agent who repped you for this. Yes, uh, Linda Epstein um from emerald city literary agency was is the uh agent and um i got the idea actually because i'm a teacher and one morning i was working and i was working with a, a little boy who was obsessed with dinosaurs and he told me about this new dinosaur called noasaurus and I had never heard of a noosaurus. It's an actual dinosaur. So even though it's Noah Noosaurus, a noosaurus is an actual Oh, come dinosaur. on, you're kidding. Yeah, so there's a, a little tie-in no, there, a scientific tie-in. Um, and so he is, started telling is, me. Is, 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 there, is, is there back matter? No, actually, the, the, the culture move? didn't want to do back matter. But when I do um, school visits... I do have material that I pass out to the teachers and they always have a, a scientific tie in with that. So, um, yeah, ironically enough, you would think because, you know, we're always hearing about how important it is to have, you know, an additional tie in. But Whitman didn't want to have that in the book, probably because it's it's creative. It was more creative nonfiction than straight nonfiction. Um, so, but anyway, it, it is fun. It's a fun fact when you're doing school visits because everyone has the same reaction. Like, you're kidding me. It's an actual dinosaur. Um, and it actually looks very close, very small little I, dinosaur. It, 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 I, it wasn't, I thought it was just my reaction. No, <laughs> everyone kind of has the same reaction. So um, it's a lot of fun. And the kids that love dinosaurs always love, and they always send me letters saying they looked it up and it was true it is a real dinosaur um so it it was it was fun so he i have to credit this little boy for giving me the idea because i had been playing with um i had a draft or several drafts of manuscripts that were using no because my other one of my favorite picture books very simple is no david by david shannon so I, I love the idea because no is such a typical toddler, you know, phrase. They don't want to have, they don't want to hear yes. They just want to say no. So, um, so that's how the book actually, you know, came to be was from a little first grader. That's uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's wonderful. And, and for me, it's not, it, it's that it's fiction, right? Yes. It's fiction. I mean, the, the, except that, except for the fact that there were dinosaurs. But if you write a story about a dog, people aren't going to say it's informative uh, fiction. Correct. Because, right. you know. Um, so so uh, this is really, really exciting. And that puts you in this class of really published authors, which I keep telling people are one in many thousands. Mm -hmm. And you are there. Now take us back to the beginning, to the very beginning. The very beginning. You don't okay. sound so like you're when, from New York originally. Yeah, I yes, I, I live in New York, born and raised in New York, actually born in Manhattan. 
um, and then moved, at, you really? know, shortly thereafter when I, I, after I was born, my parents moved to uh, Irvington, New York. And then we went from Irvington to, I live in Patterson now with my family, my husband and my children. Um, I have always wanted to write picture books um, and children's books, novels, but it's at least back, I, I graduated from college in the 90s. So back then it wasn't really something that you, you studied to become. It was something that you did if you were interested in it. Um, now they have MFA programs and there's tracks to do. Um, I never did any of that. I have a master's in education. So education's my field. I was a teacher for many, many years. What's um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> a teacher of what to whom? Elementary school, K through eight. English. Teaching what? English. English literature? Yeah, English, yeah literature. That's so wonderful. I, yeah, so I taught second grade self-contained, which is all the subjects. And then I moved to the middle school and I only taught English. So that that's where my passion wonderful. lies, is in the, the okay, middle so grade when novels. When, you, when you're writing a picture book, okay, you prefer picture book or middle grade, which is it? I have to say it's an equal love. It's just two different, very different. It's like trying to choose which child you love the most. You know, they're both unique in their own way. And I enjoy, what I enjoy actually is going back and forth. So I start working on my middle grade. I'm doing, I finished my middle grade, but I'm revising right now. So when I finish my, the revisions, or if I get stuck, I switch back to picture books. So for me, okay, that middle grade, middle grade can be, can be, over 10,000 words long. Yeah, it's actually 46,000, my novel. There you go. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a lot more words. So which which is more difficult? Middle the grade. picture books. I, yeah. The picture books by far are the most difficult. Yeah. Listen, everybody, writing a good picture book <laughs> is a bitch. It's like, yes, it takes it years. It's not like you wake up in the morning and say, well, I had an idea. You know, about a mushroom who wanted to be king of the Zulus. Um, <laughs> takes a little bit more work. Yes, because where so let's I have... go back now to it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I struggle when I write. I struggle with show, don't tell. I'm very descriptive and I love describing things. And that is you cannot do that in picture books because 50% of what you're doing is shown through the illustrations. So you can't do that, but you can do that in middle grade. So I find middle grade to be more freeing in that sense. Although the narrative arc is a little bit harder to master because you're doing it over longer, you know, many more pages and it needs to, to hit different beats. Whereas with the picture books, you kind of can figure out your beats much faster. Um, but they're both equally challenging. But I'd have to say, if you pushed me to choose which one was more difficult, by far, I'd say the picture books. Uh, I, I think you're, I, as somebody who's written like all his life, but science stuff mostly. Uh, getting a good picture book story is really, really difficult. And I tell people that it can be 50 or 100 revisions. Oh, easy. But that's, but it, it can, and I keep all my revisions. 
and I'm, you know, I'm not where you are. I'm still looking for an agent and so on. Um, so, but it is a lot of work. Uh, yeah. But as long as you enjoy it, it's okay. You know, I, I, um, writing is only for masochists. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, um, you, and 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 you you have um, together with Sylvia Liu, uh, an amazing Facebook group of eleven thousand masochistic writers. Almost twelve thousand. I want to. I want to go back. I, I didn't look for two days. Yeah, two we days just ago, realized eleven thousand. Yeah, we just realized this morning that we're 12 away from 12,000. So we're giving away a great big uh, package of books in, in a raffle copter to celebrate. But we just realized it this morning, uh, actually last night. That's wonderful. So we'll get, we'll get there in a moment. Um, start at the very beginning. What do you like as a little, little uh, child? Um, are you, it's like my theory, are you stuck at a certain age? You write to a five-year-old Elaine. Uh, what's your unfinished business? I'm going to open the internet door and you talk. Okay. Um, I have. I, I consider myself an introvert extrovert. Um, I love people. I love being with people, but then I also really love my quiet downtime. Um, as a child, I was probably like most authors, really big on reading. Um, I love to read, to escape. Um, I'm the oldest of three, two boys below me were steps. Um, so we're like, there's not even a year between myself and my second brother. And then there's a, a year between him and my other brother. So we grew up very close, but you know, being very close can also make you want like to have your own little space. Um, I was, you know, a good student, at, not a troubled kid at all probably just very vanilla <laughs> just bland um and then i'd say i i always wanted to write picture books i thought about it but you know it wasn't practical couldn't really make a lot of money i knew it was i knew enough that it was kind of a difficult thing to break into um and then i had my own children which happens a lot and then suddenly i fell in love with them again and i said Oh, I really would love to do this. And I was home. Um, and I said, you know, let me start seeing what I can find out about it. Thank God for the internet. So, cause you can do a lot of your own research. And, um, I joined, uh, Julie Hedlund's 12 by 12 in 2013. And I met Sylvia and Teresa and uh, Renee Latulipe and Yvonne Mess and uh, Victoria Warnick, Richardson Warnick. And we became just randomly, it was one of those like, I'm looking for a critique group. We just posted it. And these were the people that responded. Um, so we started our critique group. Um, no, I don't think any of us really knew what we were doing. And now most of us have agents, books. Um, but what happened with Kidlet 411 was I was doing research. So I was finding really great, like, you know, blog posts or articles, and I was writing them all down to share with my critique group. And I got so many that I said, you know what, I should really probably just put these online 
And then I said to, you know, to my critique group, you know, I think I, I should put them online because there's just so many, we're going to get lost. They're getting lost in the, in the feed. By then we had had our own Facebook group. And Sylvia said, oh, you know, I actually have, she had a, um, like a website. Um, I can't think of the word, but whatever it was, because she's good at that. Um, and she said, we can use, oh, the template for, for the website. She's yeah. like, we can use this template. And I said, okay, great. And that is how Kidlet 411 was born. It went from then when we got a lot of links, I said, you know what, we should make, create a group. We laughed. We're like, oh, we'll be lucky if we get like 50 people to join the group. Um, and it just, it just became a labor of love. I love doing it. I love interviewing authors for the spotlights and the illustrators. Um, we've gotten to know so many awesome people in the industry. Um, and so it's just, it kind of just morphed into this really great thing. And, you know, it keeps you because writing can be so lonely. It, it keeps us involved and, you know, we get to talk to somebody. I got to meet you. We get to talk, you know, you, you send questions. I, Elaine is the opposite. I got to meet you. No, stop. <laughs> So um, it's just been wonderful. It's been it's been such a great thing, and we've won awards. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's been it's been fun. So I would never give it up. And you know, we do the weeklies every week, and we still do the spotlights. We never miss if something comes up in my life. Sylvia takes over. If something comes up in her life, I take over. So we work really well together. And 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 the how much do you get paid for this? nothing it's a labor of love <laughs> the reward is just being in the industry yeah seriously seriously you get you get paid as much as i do for doing these interviews yes exactly and you do it out of love and you know no but like you i'm also learning a ton of things you do so so um elaine I, what i want to ask you you haven't answered my question uh i when you write a picture book are you writing to amuse yourself is there some unfinished six-year-old business going on here? You don't have to tell everybody. You, you can just wink. <laughs> um, yes, I'd say definitely. There's, you know, the child in me. Um, I write the things I would have enjoyed as a child. So I guess that's got to be true for all of us. Um, it's very hard to take yourself out of the equation when you're doing something so personal and so raw. Um, I happen to really like funny. I love funny and jokes and silliness and um, music and all of that. So that's kind of what I gravitate towards. Um, I don't gravitate towards lyrical picture books. I wish I could write lyrical picture books because um, some people just do them, you know, swoon worthy books. Um, but my books are more like fast paced and jokes. And I try to weave something in for the adults as well as the kids. Um, and that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about Colin's illustrations, because there's there's a lot of um, like little tiny things in there for adults that adults would pick up that maybe children wouldn't. Um, especially from the Flintstones. I don't know if you are familiar with the cartoon, the Flintstones. Um, there's some little things in there um, that, you know, kind of reference the Flintstones. I, so. grew, I, I, I grew up on the Flintstones. Okay, great. 
That's that's me too. I can so actually, I can actually, it, it, I can actually sing you the Flintstones. <laughs> Flintstones. Go ahead. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. They're the modern Stone Age family. <laughs> From the town, town of Bedrock, bedrock <laughs> they're a place right out of Missouri. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> so, are, are you still are you still a teacher? Like you you juggle all these things together: writing, teaching, uh, kids. You have pets. I have pets. I have children that are in school um, virtually because of the whole pandemic. And um, no, I'm not teaching right now. I, I'm home. Um, I've been home now for probably since uh, right before my book came out. So that last school year I finished up. It was a lot because I was, when I was writing and trying to get published in a book deal, I was getting up at 4 a.m. to write so I could get about two hours in before everybody got up in the house and then I went to work. After like two years of doing that, it really burned me out. So um, now I'm just home. Thankfully, I'm I'm able to stay home, so. So, so you have picked a good year not to be teaching. Yes, yes. So do you think you'll go back to teaching or, or your dream now is to be full-time in writing? Yeah, my dream now is just to be full-time in writing. I, I wanna sell this, uh, middle grade novel. Um, that would be really great. Um, I'd like to sell my other picture books. That would be really great. Everything's very slow right now. Like we discussed yesterday, even I think even a little bit slower than usual. Um, but I agree, you know, what Harold had said that it's probably they're dealing with uh, projects that need to be out now versus uh, projects that maybe in a year or two will come out um but elaine let, let, let's tell the truth here um agent thousands of queries a year each of them sees thousands of queries a year thousands of queries a year yep yeah and they take on a couple of new clients a year mm-hmm. publishers print the traditional ones a few hundred books a year mm-hmm. and you have all of these established writers mm-hmm like yourself now, mm-hmm. who have one book out and like the alligator or crocodile in a Peter Pan, mm-hmm. are hungry for another piece of action. Yep. So the competition is, is crazy. It is. It's fierce. It really is. And it is a needle in a haystack sometimes. You know, you, you really, it's amazing. Sometimes I think about that I got published traditionally at all because it really is, it is super hard. But at the same time, you can't think about it like that because that will, you know, I'm a big believer in manifestation and you don't want to get into that mindset. It really is what? You want to just keep thinking that it's going to happen to you. You're going to be next, Mel. You're going to be next. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And that's kind of how I always thought about it because if you do think it's like lotto if you do think about that tiny tiny percentage you're uh, what are the odds how is it going to happen for me then you don't want to okay. think about that it's okay so i i teach uh, entrepreneurs young startup uh, kids oh okay it's exactly the same thing you know i tell them your chance of having a successful startup 
is less than one in a hundred. It's probably one in a thousand. It's like writing. Right. But you, you have to have a, a, a cognitive a, um, dissonance yes. between realizing that it's one in several thousand and saying, okay, but I'm also sure it's going to be me. Yes. Um, yeah. that's, that's what you have to uh, believe. It, it did happen to me in other parts of my life doing other things. So it can happen, but it's highly unlikely to do so. And, and what I wanted to ask you, of those 11,000 people, oh, 12,000, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. The 12,000 writers on Kidlit 411, there's the whole spectrum of really professional writers uh, who help people that are you know, less savvy. Mm -hmm. It's a very giving site. It is. And, and, and then you have uh, people in the middle who, are, who have critique groups and are writing and are taking the courses and are working with mentors, people like me. And then it, you have the people at the end who are falling off the earth and running to self-publish. Do you have like this moment when you're reading the, the threads in your own group and say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Somebody tell this guy not to self-publish his book, not to hire an illustrator and pay her thousands of dollars. Don't you have this moment? Yeah. One of the things that Sylvia and I are always very, very worried about are the newbies being preyed upon. And we have taken down um, classes. We have taken down, you know, editors, editors coming on or, or schmagents coming on and, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'll critique your stuff. We do really try to vet everything um, that goes up on our site. And certainly everybody that is on the site, as far as editors and agents and, and critique, uh, professional critiques, by editors and agents and writers, we've we've really looked into it, and not you know not just me and Sylvia. Like we'll say to them before we put it on the site, I we need five people to tell us, you know, privately send us an email saying that they got um, a, a good critique. You know, not I don't want a a, a recommendation from that writer or say the person that's looking for the critiques. I don't want you forwarding me five things. I want them forwarding it to us privately that's because, a, yeah. you know, who's going to say, oh, your critique was terrible or, you know, to the person. So anybody who gets up there, we definitely do. Um, but as far as, you know, the self-publishing, it's like people are people. So sometimes you get people that are impatient and, you know, they've been writing for three months and they sent out 10 queries and they got no's and they're like, okay, forget it. I'm self-publishing now. So, exactly. you know, some people that doesn't, do that, that. doesn't that, don't you want to say to them, please? <laughs> you know, I don't. And I'll tell you why, because if they're not in for the long game and it's a long game, and there's ups and downs and no's and research and, it, you know, sticking with it and revising. If they're not into that, they're never going to make it anyway. They're really yeah, not. Elaine, some of them don't have a clue. No, when I wrote, they don't. When I wrote, when I wrote my first uh, children's manuscript, I was about 24. I had no idea what I was doing, and it took about 16 years 
to publish it in Israel. And, um, you know, just over the course of all these years, you realize that these things take time. But at the beginning, you have lots of people who say, oh, you know, I have wrote this. Uh, where, do you, where do I find an illustrator? Right. Oh, oh, right. Don't find an illustrator. No, don't. I know. Or, or even worse, you'll have somebody say to you, um, I had somebody recently send me a private message and they were like, oh, hey, um, you know, I've been writing uh, a picture book about, you know, she was a teacher about, about my class. And um, so I, I'm ready to publish it. So how did you find your illustrator? Like, did you have to pay him a lot of money? And I'm like, wait, I mean, somebody like that clearly hasn't even just Googled, like, what do you do to get yeah, your- but, but, but Elaine, here's the thing. I, I can vouch as somebody who's made all the mistakes in the business. I have a garage full of mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, we all do. No, but in, in children's book writing, if you're not taking a master's in fine arts or something, there's really no way of, of knowing unless you find the right group to find the find your your group so many shysters out there yeah that that you know if you pay them money the vanity publishers yes. and the almost vanity publishers yes you know give us a few thousand dollars and we'll turn you into the next a um whoever right and i think that's the key the problem is that People don't understand that there's no exchange of money. You, you, the only thing you get money, that's, that's it. And if anyone is asking you to pay for any level of your book to get published, that's it's wrong. It's a scam. Something is going on. That is not, you know, that's not traditional publishing. That's not how it works. And I think that's the biggest takeaway, but I do think that people don't do just like the initial research. Um, cause I mean, I did the initial research and I, I found that out relatively quickly. If you, if you just use the right keywords in the search engines, um, as far as the nuances in picture book writing, the show don't tell and all of that, that comes later on. And I, that's more of a forgivable offense. You know, I was guilty of it too. I was submitting way too early. I was sending, you know, a, actually a few months ago during the pandemic, I searched on my computer, like my initial queries and i was embarrassed i'm like oh they're terrible but it's something we all do it's a learning curve and the longer you're in it the more you learn and you know we're always just worried to go back to your to your question sylvia and i are more worried that someone would get taken um and it you know that's why i think the wonderful thing about um kill it 411 is that you know, there's people like Harold Underdown and and Emma Dryden that that are these wonderful, you know, people with all of this knowledge, and they will comment. You know, they'll 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 jump on, and and that's the stuff that is just it's wonderful. It really it it makes it such a great community because you know you I can't be on Facebook all day long because I I gotta write and Sylvia too and you know all you it's not it's not even just them it's so many people will jump on so many authors will be like oh no don't do that or if a new author's like oh i just got accepted from this publishing company has everyone anyone ever heard of them and it turns out to be somebody that you're like oh no don't do it you know people are very um gentle about 
letting the person know or saying like, oh, you need to look up this or here's a link to what I found. So I think that makes the community almost protected. Like we look out for each other, you know, we look out for the people that are just starting out. And because people looked out for us when we were first starting out. So I think that's really one of the great things about it. For sure. I have to say, frankly, that a couple of friends, um, they do advertise their courses on the uh, in the group. Yep. And they do charge money for it. And sometimes yep. there's a little bit of hype. Because, yep. because Elaine, you know, I, I teach beginners. Yep. And I tell them, the only thing I can do is make you, is help you become better. It's like you say, it, 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 it's a crapshoot. It's one in 5,000. How can I take money from you and say, I'm going to make you a traditionally published author? Right. That's, it's not going to happen. Well, I, don't, I don't think we don't advertise people no, that. No, you don't advertise. Claim that. that. Yeah. Sometimes people post. But yeah, the, the sometimes they do. But, we try to take those down right away because that is not the truth. I, the only way to up your odds of getting published in this business is by doing the work. I mean, it's true. That's what they all say. You have to do the work because out of the 12,000 people that are in the group, there's probably only a thousand people actually doing work, doing it every single day, researching, revising, getting critiques, getting professional critiques, you know, that, and, and it's a muscle. You have to exercise that muscle and you can't just write and then go, I want to be published. End of story. You know, you also can't just do that by taking class. I've taken so many classes, so many classes I have taken. And, um, you know, what I find now, and I'm sure you're probably in this position, whereas I would like to find a class for people that are a little bit further along in the process that not necessarily have an agent, but know the basics of picture books and, you know, know what to look for and no show, don't tell and no narrative arc and know all those things and opening lines and, you know, full circle or the fourth wall. Like if I say anything to you about picture books, you go, yeah, I know that. That's what I would like. I would like that. I do get that at, at the SCBWI conferences, the breakouts, which are great, but you know, the pandemic has killed so much of that. It's been it's been a shame. Well, listen, you are a, a kindred spirit because, um, you know, stuff we do, our books, it's all free. And um, and the fact that you and Sylvia set up this group for 11,000 people and the website that has every kind of information mm -hmm. that you could dream of. And every time I write, you say, oh, Mel, check this, uh, yeah. you know. We have it all down. Yes, you're right. It's there. You can find it. <laughs> Show don't tell for intermediates. Yes, I think exactly. they're advanced. Um, it's there. Um, so I, I just, you know, it, it's until uh, we manage to meet. Um, I'm just so incredibly grateful to you and for the thousands of people that use this, uh, use this every day. And um, if there are people who want to write children's books, uh, you should know that it's a long journey. It's remarkably rewarding. Mm -hmm. And you should look for KidLit 411 and join it today. Thanks. So that's remarkable. Um, so we haven't talked about the Beatles and music, you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're, you're young, but you like the Beatles. Um, I, I, don't, I have to be honest. I don't really know that many songs. I've 
probably only know um, maybe two. Um, sorry. I know. I, I'm going to take it. You're a big Beatles fan. Um, you might say that. Okay. Also, you know, I, I teach courses in 60s music, so uh, I have to be a Beatles fan, but I am also. Um, you can, so what other music do you like? You don't have to sing a Beatles song if you don't Oh, like no, it. it's fine. Uh, I can sing a, uh, well, I can't sing, so I'm warning you right now. Um, you would be amazed at the number of people on the show, over 100, who say to me, oh, I can't sing. It's like, oh, you know, um, it's like when you, when you give somebody a draft and you say, oh, this is just my first draft. Yes. You know? Yes. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, I, but, but listen, Elaine, you can sing, everybody can sing. What are you gonna um, sing? All right, how about we do Penny Lane since it's the one song when I was a little kid I used to think they were say, saying and Elaine because my name is Elaine. <laughs> and it took me years. I think I was probably like ten or eleven before I was like, oh, it's Penny Lane. <laughs> it's like it's like reader response theory. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny, but yeah, so that's yeah, the only, you, and I only you, know the you, first line. You say yes, I say no. Yeah. You say stop, I say go. Say go, right. So, so um, are you going to sing a little bit of Vandalane? Yeah, sure. A little bit of Vandalane. Lane. Um, I don't know even if it's the chorus or the verse, but the part where it says, um, Penny Lane is in my ears and in my heart. I wish I. That's all I know. And that's your favorite song. Yes, that would be. And I also like Hey Jude, but I'm not singing that one. Okay. So, what music do you like? What What is there outside the Beatles and jazz? Oh, um, actually, when I'm writing and I'm home, I actually like to listen to New Age because it doesn't distract me and it's very, um, it's soothing. Um, and, but overall, I actually like every kind of music. I like classical. I like jazz. I like um, pop. I like rock. I like uh, mostly pop, I'd say. Whatever's like popular right now is usually what I'm into. But when I'm writing, I like uh, New Age. I'll try that because I, you know, I teach, I'm a musician, I teach music. And when mm -hmm. I write, I can't have music. Unless, oh. it's music that I'm not, unless it's music that I'm not listening to. Interesting. When I had a laboratory as a professor, my students were not allowed to have the radio on. Wow. Just earphones because I, I cannot, because I love music so much. Whatever is playing prevents me from concentrating. Well, that's what happens to me. So if I listen to something that I like, like if I listen to pop, I'm singing and I'm, I'm distracted. But if I listen for some reason to the new age, I don't know it. And it's not really, you know, it's not really songs. It's more noise and vibrations. And yeah, so, you know, yes, exactly. So it's not distracting, but it, I feel like it keeps me more on task. It's like living near an airport, but a or very, a very, a very um, sedate one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or maybe a submarine is a better analogy. Yeah, that's probably a better. Bloop, bloop, bloop. You might yeah, have a book there, Andy Lane. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
Listen, um, I'm uh, I, I, my last question. Okay. How come how come you're so nice? Oh, stop. How come you're so nice? I'm not as nice as people think I am, but you <laughs> but I know that you are. Is it your yeah. parents, your upbringing, um, your teachers? What what provokes you to do so many things for so many people with so much love? Maybe um, you're religious. I don't know what. Well, I am religious. I, I am very religious. That's definitely. Um, I don't know. I get I do get a joy. It's kind of selfish, but I do get a joy out of giving more than I get out of receiving. So like just you saying that brings me probably more joy than if, you know, I, I somebody I don't know. I, I, I just enjoy giving to people and and I've always kind of been like that. I'm like, I am that person that people are always like, you're always in a good mood. Why are you always in a good mood? You know, like I'm very rarely grumpy or, you know, I try to, I mean, it's not that I don't have my days. I do. I get frustrated just like everybody else. But for the most part, I think I have a positive attitude. So does Sylvia. She's the same way. She's always like, I, I don't think she and I have ever gotten into any kind of a thing or, it, you know, we just were, we're very, very similar in that respect. So I don't know. Positive attitude. I have to get Sylvia on the show. You have her, her, you have her favorite song of the Beatles. I, ha I must get her in the future. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Please speak on my behalf. Do you have time? I, I will. You just froze I'm up a little bit. compliments here. I said that you have a good time on the show. I had a great time on the show. Thank you so much for so, having and, me. I need, I need to have Sylvia on because she'll probably say that her favorite song is Hey Jude. Because <laughs> when she was four, she probably thought it was Hey Lou. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably. <laughs> now, th this is opening a whole Pandora something here. Yeah, um, that's going to be your next question now yeah, for all your guests. My, my absolutely last question for today while I have you on the show is, um, is the following question. What do you say to people when they say, shouldn't you be making money for kids with 411? Um, you know, people say to me, why is our books losing money? You know, what kind of uh, entrepreneur? I say, well, you know, we're giving something to the community. And if we ever make money, that's nice. But people make fun of me for that. They don't make yes. fun of you. Yes, they do. Um, we could monetize it, but... I think it would take away some of the magic if we did. Also, the information that we provide is is out there. We're just um, we're just organizing it in one place. It's not like we're creating content. Um, I mean, you know, we created the group and whatnot, but the content we 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 curate it from the internet and we put it in one spot. So. It feels a little bit different than if you're making up something from scratch or, you know, we're writing all the art, like Harold. Harold writes all his articles and everything that's on there, um, even though he doesn't charge for that either. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like it would take away the magic and I, we just, we get more joy out of leaving it the way it is. Um, Harold is a magical human being. Yes, he is. Um, so, and I, I found him through, uh, your, um, marvelous group. Uh, before that I had a, another wonderful mentor, Mike Malbra, 
Yes. Oh, Mike's a um, great guy. And uh, and this was all through you. Yeah. Um, so I don't want you to charge money. I just want you to help people me uh, feel less of an idiot by doing things for free. Right. Right. Well, we do actually, we do say, you know, to people that feel that they can, we do have like a donation button on. And so we do some people, you know, they, they'll send a dollar a month. We use what we ask. So some people send us 12 bucks for the year, which is great. Um, so it's not that we don't ask, but. Uh, okay. So I'm going to, so this is a good advertisement. Yeah. Donate a little bit of money to KidLit. Yeah. For 11. There we go. Perfect. It's been a while since I donated some money. So after oh, the show, please. I'm going to. I'm on here. That's good enough for me, pal. No, don't be ridiculous. I should pay you for this. I, but yeah, I'm you're not... saying I'm being ridiculous because I'm not. <laughs> you're being one of those people. <laughs> it's oh, a way thing, you know. So um, fun. I, I, yeah, you know, um, so people like me, my people, love people like you. So this is a love fest until we meet. Um, I want to say thank you and sending you love from the Holy Land. Yes. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take and every I, ounce of it. And I'm assuming that when you say you're religious, you're probably Christian. I am Christian. When was the last time you were in Israel? Oh, I've never been to Israel. I would love to go to Israel. How could you someday. be Christian? And not... I know. I agree. I agree 100%. I really I, I... I've oh. seen where Jesus walked. Wow. I've been that... in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the Hill of Evil Council. Oh, my gosh. And I'm Jewish. Hey, come on. I love it. I love you gotta it. you got to get over it. Hey, Maybe... Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, he, and he was right around the corner here. Yeah. See? Look at that. You got to give and, him and my you best. And you guys, you got to come over. Listen, I... you know, when, when this uh, business is over, we got to bring you guys over to Israel. Yeah, I would love to. Love it. I would love to. We'll have Someday. Someday. An inspirational thing where we'll sit for three days in a holy place in Jerusalem. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll listen to new age music. Music. Perfect. And some gospel. Just all the good stuff come down. And we'll do nothing but write. There you go. And we'll just, we'll have hits. <laughs> Perfect. It's a deal. Love it. Elaine. Right. El Elaine Kylie Kearns. Perfect. It's been a great pleasure. Bye, dear. Bye. Thank you so much, Mel. You're the best. Thank okay. you. Okay. Love you. Bye.